You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Today, before we uh, jump into the message, I just want to mention two quick things. Uh, One, next weekend, we are starting a new series called Becoming. And uh, this is going to be a really unique, different series than we've ever done before. Um, What we're going to be talking about is so often, we spend a lot of our time and energy figuring out where we're going in society, in life, in family. What if we stopped worrying about where we're going and start focusing on what we're becoming? Because I feel like over the last couple years, we have missed the second for the sake of the first. And who are we becoming as a church, as individuals? And we're going to be talking about five steps we can take to really uh, follow Jesus better. And what's going to be really unique about this series is over the next five weeks, we're not just talking about a series on Sunday morning here. Our kids are going to be doing the exact same series. We're going to be talking about the exact same stories from Scripture. Uh, In our groups, we're going to be diving deeper in all of our groups, diving deeper into what we're talking about. And over the next five weeks, we're looking at how we start, how we grow, how we move, how we engage, and how we invest. And those are the five things we're going to be looking at over these next five weeks. It's going to be awesome. And what I love about it is it's not just going to be, you know, here on Sunday morning. We're going to be looking at this uh, on, on uh, Sunday morning, the kids, and throughout the week in our groups. And even uh, throughout the week, we're going to be uh, having a live Facebook devotional every morning, every weekday morning, kind of walking through a, a version Bible reading plan together. So it's going to be an awesome five weeks together. So uh, invite someone. It's going to be great. On top of that, we have our child dedications the whole time. So it's going to be a really neat time. Uh, last thing, we want to take a moment and pray. I don't know if you have watched the news or been on Facebook or social media or anything. This last week has been a really, really trying week in our world. Um, You probably are aware, you know, there was a a bombing in Afghanistan. 13 Marines lost their lives. Uh, Just as important, over 170 Afghanis lost their lives. And each of those people have parents, their children, their sons and daughters, their moms and dads to real people. And we want to pray for them. This is just such a horrific time. I I can't imagine the pain that they're walking through. And as we speak right now, uh, Category 4 hurricane is hitting the uh, Gulf Coast in Louisiana. Uh, just horrific pain and suffering in our world. And sometimes we ask, like, what, what can we do? How do we, how do we respond? I can I tell you, our first response should always be to pray because God is greater and he can work through even tragedy and pain and sorrow. Uh, we are so blessed to be able to support organizations like Convoy of Hope that are on the ground already in the Gulf Coast there to serve and help people and to serve and help missionaries who are in the Middle East and making a difference. But we can pray. And we want to take a moment as a church and pray. And this isn't just like some spiritual thing we do, like this is a religious thing, obligation that we do. We just recite prayers because it's the right thing to do. We're talking to a God that raised the dead, spoke everything into existence, can heal the lame. We're talking to a God that can actually do impossible, miraculous things. That's what we're about to do. That's pretty incredible. And and the same God that we're going to talk to about Afghanistan and and the Gulf Coast, you can talk to about your own life and the things you walk through because he's a miracle-working God and he's still working. So would you bow your heads with me as we just pray over these needs this morning? Lord, I thank you that you hear our prayers. I thank you, Lord, that you care. God, even the things that we can't fully understand, you understand and you relate to, Lord, the pain and the suffering taking place in our world. Lord, today... 
We come before you for, well, on behalf of the families, Lord, that lost loved ones this last week in Afghanistan. Lord, uh, those that lost a family member who is a Marine, Lord, who, who signed up to serve our country, to represent our country, to defend freedom. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that they've made that makes freedom possible for us. God, we pray for comfort and peace, oh, Lord, for those loved ones, for parents and children and spouses. God, we pray, Lord, for Lord, the hundreds that were affected, Lord, by the death of these Afghanis, Lord, that died in the, the bombing as well, Lord. Lord, for, for parents uh, who, who, are gonna, who lost a child, Lord, for, for, for children who lost a parent, Lord, we pray, God, that somehow you would meet them in this pain and wrap your arms around them and love them and comfort them and strengthen them. God, let them know that you see the hurt. And Lord, I pray you would surround them with men and women of God who can be there to love them and care for them during this time. God, we pray finally, Lord, for, for those in the Gulf Coast, Lord, that are being battered right now, Lord, with a uh, hurricane. God, I know this timing is so crazy. Lord, we pray that you would supply every need. God, the government officials, Lord, agencies that are there to serve. Lord, have everything, every resource that they need, Lord, to care for those that are without, those that are hurting, Lord, those that experience loss this time. I pray that you would just meet them where they are. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for for the generosity of so many. Lord, that makes that service and, and that response possible. God, multiply it many times over for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for praying. Today, we are closing out a series uh, that we're walking through this month called Bold Spirituality. And uh, what we've been talking about this month is, uh, as followers of Jesus, we aren't here just to shrink back when things get difficult. We aren't here just to, to roll over. We are called to be bold in our words and our actions. And, and today, one of the things that we oftentimes can be most sheepish about or, or lack the most boldness is when we talk about our own lives, our own future. Uh, we might see big things in our world or whatever, but when we look at our own lives, when we look in the mirror, we oftentimes can look uh, in the wrong ways. And uh, today, we're finishing out the series with our youth director, Rosemary. Uh, I'm so pumped about this. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a while, and here's why. Because we are so incredibly proud of you, Rosemary. Aww, uh, I can't tell you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Rosemary's been leading our youth this year, and just what she has done already is remarkable. And it's not because, uh, you know, you've got this doctorate in youth ministry or something. No, Um, sure don't. But you are teachable, you are learning and growing, you are a sponge, and you're real. You're just real with the students. I just want to say I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, if we were to be honest today, um, life sometimes can be really difficult. And you just look at our, around our world. Man, the world is in a difficult place in so many fronts. Uh, over this past week, I'm sure many of us have had bad days. Maybe you've, uh, you know, watched the news. You've seen impossible circumstances that we find ourselves in. Uh, and when you think about what we face as a society, as a globe, and you put all the stuff that we deal with personally on top of that, it's no wonder people are like shaking their heads like, how do I make it? Uh, most people, the large majority of people, are just trying to survive one more day, make it to the weekend, make one more week, and that feels like success to them. Most of you know the story of how I wound up here at Calvary. If you don't, I told it a few months ago on Mother's Day, and you can catch the live stream replay. Um, Today, though, I want to share with you a little bit about how I wound up speaking to you from this platform at this time following my calling. To give you a basic background, I grew up Catholic. From birth to about 13 years of age, I went to Catholic school, preschool through eighth grade. 
Um, church every Sunday, confession the first Friday of every month. If you don't know what confession is, it is a Catholic tradition where you tell the priest a sin that you did and he gives you a penance. Um, the worst thing that I ever confessed between preschool and the year we go. We're 13 publicly. is um, I broke my sister's NSYNC CD into about 100 pieces. Uh, sorry about that, Kayla. <laughs> Still so, recovering from that. Correct, but I was forgiven because I got my penance, which was like to our fathers and a Hail Mary. At least it wasn't Backstreet Boys. It wasn't Backstreet Boys. It that would have been worse. Well, I don't think so. She was pretty, she was, she was okay. big mad. She was big mad. <laughs> but, um, now I lost my place. Here we go. When I hit 13, my parents got divorced. I moved with my mom and just sort of wandered away from Catholic religion and just church and God in general. From there, I lived a life that consisted of normal teenage rebellion. Um, then as I crossed over into adulthood, I really started to live my life fully in the flesh. I did what Rosemary wanted whenever Rosemary wanted. Um, I drank a lot. There wasn't really a night that you couldn't find me at TJ's Sports Bar in New Stanton from Sunday evening through Saturday evening. That is until everything changed. This is kind of where my journey that I told on Mother's Day began. Bad car accident, surprisingly, was not my fault. I was 100% sober at that point in time. Um, obedient followers of Christ just making it rain Bibles in my life, and it all led up to me walking through those doors of Calvary um, on June 17th, 2018, and listening to Miss Nancy Fisher tell her story from this very platform. That day, I raised my hand, and I committed my life to Christ, and I started my journey. That day, my life and my perspective both changed. That day, I had no idea what was happening or what in the world I was doing. I came to church every Sunday from that point on when I didn't have to work. However, I was still trying to balance both of my worlds. I remember telling my friends that I found God and I was going to church and how excited I was and they'd laugh because while I'm telling this story, we would still be sitting at the bar taking shots. I would jokingly say, hey, life is all about balance, right? Sin on Saturday and then you get saved on Sunday. I quickly realized that that's not how any of this worked. I took the starting point class in October. Back then, it, only ha it didn't happen once a month. Um, and that's when I really started to feel things kind of shift, really shift in my life. I met one of my best friends that day, Justine, and from there, my church community kind of began to grow. I got plugged in with Pastor Jason and the worship team, then the young adults where I met Michael, Maggie, Amanda, Jacob, and so many others. Jacob is where's Waldo? Yes, Jacob is Waldo today. Jacob is Waldo. Just <laughs> AKA Waldo. Sorry we uh, revealed that. <laughs> Secret His secret identity, identity yeah, has been revealed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so many others throughout my time here and made my amazing group of faith-filled friends. I witnessed and I learned what walking in faith actually looked like and what it meant. I learned how to not only read the Bible, but how to study it and apply it to my own life. I had people who doubted me along the way, sure. They didn't understand my change and they questioned my motives. They'd even express how they missed the old me, but I didn't really miss her that much at all. Now, as I walked this new journey with Jesus by my side, I kept feeling this nudge, like I needed to do more. I volunteered anywhere I could. I literally just kept showing up. Rosemary was like, I was like, you're here again. Yeah, I was like a fly. How I was many like, times hey, can you just keep? What can I do? What can I do? So you did. <laughs> I did. I literally just kept showing up. I felt like this was all good, but it wasn't exactly what God meant by more. I kept feeling this call over my life so much that I started to actually Google online Bible colleges. I talked myself out of it, though, over and over again. I remember sitting in that pew with my parents, watching so many of the pastors up here on this platform. Pastor Nick, Pastor Jason, Pastor Delana, Pastor Lance, Pastor Shanene. Is he here today? He's here. 
Pastor Shanene, where are you at? Pastor Dave. That's right. Pastor Dave. Pastor Shanene. Anyways, that's an inside joke. If you want to know, ask Pastor Shanene. He'll explain. But anyhow, um, I kept seeing them up here preaching God's word and thinking, wow, what that must be like. Like, how anointed they must be. But I never thought that I personally was good enough. These people I was seeing up here preaching were good people. They walked with God their entire lives. They grew up in church, some of them even pastor's kids. Time and time again, I told myself there was literally no way that I could do that. I had no place being up here on this platform. So I continued to volunteer. I became a youth leader in 2020. Great timing, let me tell you. It's great. But obviously, God had a plan, and everything works for his plan. I fell in love with my place, helping to lead the next generation. I understood them, and I loved that they felt that they could come to me with anything. I was relatable to them. I made mistakes, and I wasn't perfect, but I realized I was made for this. This is what God was preparing me for my whole life, this position, this purpose. Every mistake I made, every trial I had to walk through, every stumble, every bully, every single move I made was preparing me for this calling. I was good enough. I wasn't meant to be a pastor's kid. I wasn't meant to grow up in a church faithfully. I can relate to teenagers differently because of that. God can even use my mistakes and life experiences to speak uniquely into someone's life. I was meant to be me, but not the old version of me, the new creation in Jesus version of me. I still had doubters telling me how I was too new of a Christian to take this leap and that I'd never make it as a pastor. As I'm just starting my credentialing process, I guess I don't know if I'll actually make it as a pastor, But what I do know is, is that God has been preparing me for this my whole life. He called me to this, so I think I'm going to be okay. And what about you? Have you ever had naysayers, people that tell you that it can't be done, that you don't have what it takes, that you don't have in you what the task requires of you? Can I tell you something? They're probably right. But that is looking at your life from just a human perspective. But the God that I serve, the God that we worship, The God that saw something in me has the ability to sometimes take us on painful journeys and through painful seasons to prepare us for something that's up ahead. Like God might not cause the pain, no, but he definitely can redeem it. He can use every hurt in your life and in our world to bring about good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, when we look at the future in light of our current circumstances, it feels like sometimes we lower our expectations of what the future will look like because of our current situation. And this isn't just throughout society, but even right here in the church, even for followers of Jesus. There are so many voices that will discount what is possible in your life, so many that will tell you what can or cannot be done. They may even be voices that come from people with titles and positions, sometimes even pastors. And today, our hope isn't to feed you with more reasons why God can't do something in your life or why you aren't qualified to do what you feel God's called you to do. Our hope is to burst that depressing bubble of the impossible. We're not trying to deny the pain, the sorrow, or the shortcomings, but to shine the light on God's view of where your life is going. Not denying our current place in life, but focusing our attention on what the future looks like and where it's going, in case you haven't read the end of the book, is not total destruction, but complete redemption and restoration. I love that. You see, you know, what our world needs more than anything right now are bold voices willing to speak beyond our current realities and speak toward what God is doing and where God is going. 
We have enough voices in our world that are say, naysayers and saying this can't be done. In John chapter 16, Jesus was having this really frank conversation with his disciples about the grief and pain that was coming in their world and into, the, into them. And he, they didn't know this, but he saw the big picture. You guys are about to experience pain at a level you never understood before. After all, the, these men that Jesus was speaking to in that moment, they didn't have the education. They didn't have the background to do what he was going to challenge them to do through what we know today as the Great Commission. He was going to basically say, guys, here's the gospel. Go share it with the whole world. They didn't have the background, knowledge, understanding fully of how to do that. And on top of that, they would each experience incredible, excruciating pain for the sake of the gospel. Many of them would even lose their very lives. And and Jesus didn't hold anything back in this conversation he had with them. He concludes it with this statement. It's recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. Here's what he said. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now, I want to stop it for a second. This is really interesting. He just shared like a lot of painful things. I don't know how you are when someone shares painful things. Rarely do I say, I'm at peace now. Like, I feel so much better. Like, you know when the doctor explains the procedure before they do it? You're like, why did you tell me that? You should not have told, why didn't you just put me under and just do it and then tell me afterward? Now you made me all stressed out. This is what Jesus is doing. He's like, this is where you're going. This is where the world's, it's going to be painful. But I told you this so you could have peace. And you're like, no, you didn't. That's outrageous. You don't know me clearly. And then he goes on, in this world, you will have trouble. And he's making a factual statement. You know, as followers of Jesus, we have forgotten this statement. We get all worked up and stirred up on social media and in the world, like when things aren't going well, when pandemics happen, when, when economic ruin takes place, when there's wars and there's uh, natural disasters and all this, we're like, the world's coming unglued. This is horrible. Like, this is the... And Jesus is like, guys, just calm yourself down for a second. Get a paper bag, breathe into it, count to 30, whatever you have to do. Like, watch some Bob Ross, and <laughs> he'll calm you down, all right? Take heart. Listen, he's saying, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Like, things aren't going to always work out. There's going to be pain. That's not mean, doesn't mean we don't do anything about it, but it, doesn't, it means we don't need to get all worked up about it, okay? He's saying, in this world, you have trouble. Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. It's still true. And he said, but take heart. There's trouble, but here's the truth. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He's like, it's going to be bad. It's going to be painful. There's trouble, all this. But don't worry. I overcame it. It's going to work out. What Jesus here, uh, what he's doing here illustrates something that's really valuable about the human brain. When we read this verse, when we read, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. When you read that, um, we oftentimes uh, fixate on the statement, in this world you have trouble. Why, why is that? This is because the human brain naturally dwells on the negative while neglecting the positive and beneficial. Like, it's how, how our brains work. This is why you can do a presentation at work, maybe complete a big project, or watch your kid graduate from high school, and with all the hard work, the years and effort that go into all of those, the things you often remember uh, the most aren't the compliments or the kind words, but the criticisms, the harsh responses, the moments you experience pain along the way. And this is why I often felt like I could never be used by God, because my view was focused on all the reasons why that could never happen, all the reasons I don't have what it takes. You see, it's so easy to focus on the negative, the destructive, and the painful. 
It just comes naturally to us. But we're asking you today to not do what's easy, comfortable, or normal. What if we could be a little different? What if those that were followers of Jesus could look at our lives through another lens than the rest of the world? I believe the calling God has for us when we surrender our lives to him isn't to be a perpetrator of what is already obvious, but to be a prophetic voice in the midst of the chaos. Someone who is willing to speak with a voice like the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 43 through five says, a voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. What if we were willing to not simply follow the path others lay out for us through their expectations or words? What if our lives weren't just a reflection of which political party we belong to or which celebrity or politician we follow? What if our words didn't embody a certain demographic or voting block in our world, but rather the view Jesus has of our lives, the hope and the vision to redeem a broken world? Luke 1 talks about the message Zachariah receives from the Lord about how his wife Elizabeth will bear a son, later to be known, John the Baptist. Zechariah goes home and tells his wife, and she then conceives the son promised to her. But in Luke 1.24, it says, After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. When I read this, it didn't really make sense to me, and it made me wonder, why did she go into seclusion? As I thought about this, the answer became more clear. Elizabeth secluded herself for five months because she didn't want people to speak against the word that God gave her and her husband, Zachariah. So she had to get away from those people. If you're not careful, people will try to talk you out of the very thing that God is trying to talk you into. If you're not careful and they start speaking negatively against you for so long, you'll start to believe the words that they say and you completely ignore the very thing that God gave to you specifically. So you have to be careful with the words you believe and who you keep in your circle because if you're not careful, you'll reroute yourself around what God is trying to do in your life specifically. And this is what Jesus was trying to say in John chapter 16. Yes, there is trouble in the world. Yes, things don't always go as uh, we've planned, but Jesus doesn't leave it that way. He made a way where the trouble, the pain, and dysfunction can be made right. I love that verse in Isaiah that Rosemary read. He can make the path straight. He can raise the valleys, lower the mountains. He makes a way where there isn't a way. And that's why, why Paul wrote what we read earlier in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Paul didn't write that all things are good, that, that everything is peachy and smells like roses. Like, if you are a follower of Jesus, like, everything just magically transforms. You have the Midas touch. Everything you touch turns to gold. Honestly, if you read throughout Scripture and church history, it's usually the opposite. Everything you touch doesn't go well, and things really fall apart, and it's really painful, and, and sometimes you have to make really hard decisions. It, it's not all great. Yes, some things are horrible or painful. There are moments where discouraging things will happen. Yet sometimes our world is in flames. Sometimes you stand there scratching your head, wondering how in the world did I end up in this place? Uh, but what makes us as followers of Jesus different is we don't stop there. We don't settle for that. We push past the obvious to be part of what God is doing in our world. And what is he doing? 
He's making all things work toward good according to his purpose. And here's what we want to challenge you to do today. We want to be super practical. How do you shift your view? You feed your mind. For this next week, we want to challenge you to feed your heart and your mind with God's words about your life, rather than the variety of voices that can be often louder than God's word. As the worship team comes this morning, uh, when you came in today, you should have gotten a card. And uh, you could have taken notes if you wanted to on the card, but in the back of it, there's a reading plan. And, and the purpose of this reading plan is we want to encourage you and give you the tools to fill your mind, equip your mind with the right things, which is God's word. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Every morning when you wake up, I want you to take a few moments and read a verse. It's one verse. Literally will take you seconds to read, okay? Uh, unless you went to, I won't say it. Don't. Uh, don't I call it, it out. I was going to throw Listen, in my high school there's, rap. there's a lot of us in here today that went to South Moreland, so. I didn't say it. You said South Moreland. My, my but family's here. If you're going <laughs> to. We're from the south side of the kingdom. Come I was going to say, not everyone has a dairy education. Rosemary. <laughs> dairy. Okay. Dairy education. All right, the hood of uh, dairy. Thank you, Nathan, up there. Um, <laughs> Scott Winkley Trobe, our, our arch rival. Um, but literally, it'll take you seconds to read a verse, okay? Read, read a verse, take a few minutes, and pray. And ask God, God, how can I live this out in my life today? Maybe, maybe you're like, I want to go a little deeper. Then take your YouVersion Bible app or your printed Bible. Read the entire chapter and, and do the same thing. Take five minutes at least or more and, and pray about it. Ask God, God, what do you want to speak to me today? How are you challenging me today? There's one verse that's even highlighted you can memorize. You can memorize God's word this week. As you read through a verse, maybe come back to that one each day and try to, 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 to get it to memory. Why do we do this? Because God wants to change our perspective. God views your life drastically different than you view it. I promise you that. If you saw things the way God did, it would scare you. But here's the deal. God will equip you to do everything he calls you to. Every single thing. Maybe you're here today and you're watching online or you're here in person and you walked into church or you tuned in online and you didn't even know why. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe you intended to or maybe you never thought you'd be sitting in a church today. I don't know. But here's the deal. God sees where you've come from God sees what you're walking through. God sees the mistakes, all the things that discount why he shouldn't love you. All the reasons why he should walk away from you. All the reasons you've come up with why you're not good enough, why you don't have what it takes. God sees all of that. He sees the anxiety, the stress, the worry, uh, the, the screwed up things you've done, the things that maybe have done against you by people that you care about. Like He sees all of that. And you know what God still says? God just says, come. He still invites us to the table. You're like, God, do you have any idea what you're doing? Do you know who I am, what I've walked through? Do you understand the pain that I've inflicted on others or the pain that I've walked through? My, do you have any idea? And Jesus just says, yes, just come. Come to the table. I want to invite you. Not, not to be religious, not to have a big Bible that you can beat people over the head with, not that you can walk into work or through your neighborhood and just yell at people because they're doing the wrong things. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being invited into a family, the family of God, not some cult. We're not going to all you know, change into red sweatsuits or something weird. I'm talking about 
being part of the family of God. Here's what it means to be part of the family of God. It means that you carry the name of God, that God gives you his authority, his power. He gives you his uh, uh, ability, so to speak, not to be God-like, but to be Christ-like, that you love and care for people even when you naturally might not, that he transforms you from the inside out. That's what it means to be part of the family of God. And, and, and in a minute, we're going to take a moment and pray. And maybe you're here and you've had one view of your life. That view has been defined and informed by family members, bosses, people, siblings, uh, coworkers, friends. It's been shaped by what they say about you. And, and to this point, you've always felt like you just aren't enough because you can never live up to their expectations. You've tried and you've tried, and you've tried it in a lot of different ways. And today, you're here for a reason because God wants you to hear this, just real quick. He wants you to hear that you are enough for him, period. That you're enough. And he wants to take what's enough and make it more than enough. He wants to change and transform your life to something that you probably thought might never be possible. Because he created you and formed you for a reason and a purpose, and you are not an accident. And today, I'm going to pray in a minute. And as we pray, I want to give you an opportunity to walk through this journey with Jesus. That doesn't mean belonging to a church. It doesn't mean becoming religious. It means three things. One, admitting that you've screwed up, you've made mistakes. The Bible calls that sins, mistakes that we've made. You, you realize you're not enough. Number two, you recognize that Jesus is more than enough. He wants to forgive you and transform you. And three, you commit to pursue what that more than enough looks like. We're not gonna find that this side of heaven. You, you, you could do that the rest of your life and you're always going to be growing and developing. It's a journey that we go on our whole lives, discovering God's purpose and plan for our lives and living it out. Those are the three things. If you're here this morning, you're like, Nick, I want to do that. I believe that's what God's put in my heart. Maybe you don't know that's what God's put in my heart, but your heart is beating a million miles a minute. That's God working on your heart. That's not just your heart getting nervous, okay? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray this morning? Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin to speak to us God, I know that you have each of us here for a reason and a purpose, that your word doesn't, God, uh, uh, return void, but it accomplishes everything, every purpose that you intended to. And I pray you would do that this morning. As you're continuing to pray this morning, if you're here and you'd say, Nick, I, I've never taken that step to follow Jesus. I've never uh, admitted or recognized that I, I'm in the wrong, that I need uh, a savior, that I've made mistakes. I, I've never taken that step to recognize that Jesus is more than enough, that, that he has what I need. And I've never definitely not committed to live out his purpose and plan for my life. If that's you and you, want, you say today, whether you're watching online or here in person, you're like, today, today I want to take that step. I don't know what that looks like. I, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what the next month looks like. But today, on this day, I want to take that step and begin that journey. If that's you this morning, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to reach your hand toward heaven together. One, two, that's you, three. Would you reach your hand toward heaven this morning? Anyone this morning? Amen. 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 You can put your hands down today. And we're going to all pray this prayer together. Whether you raised your hand or not, we're going to pray together. We're all part of the same church family. And when we pray this prayer, I want you to repeat after me. Not as you're reciting some empty, hollow, religious prayer. But I want you to speak these words from your heart. You're talking to God. That's all prayer is. It's a conversation with God that I just want to lead you in. My hope is this is the first of many, many conversations you have with God. Would you all pray this prayer with me together? Dear God, Thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for believing in me enough 
to not leaving me that way. Today, I surrender my life to you. I accept your forgiveness. I commit to live for your purposes. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're online or here in person, man, the angels in heaven rejoice over you. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you can go on your phone, go to connect.calvaryirwin.com, click I committed my life to Jesus. We want to get you some resources to help you continue that journey. Not, not that this is the first, this is the first step, but, but it's not the last step. Or you can stop by the Connection Center. We want to get you some resources there. We believe in helping you fulfill what God created you to be. That's what we're here to do. And we want to help you in that, that journey. Before we go uh, this morning, would you stand with me? If you could hold your card, if you got a card this morning, if you could hold that in your hand. I want to pray over this. Because I believe what, I know it's just a piece of paper and uh, some words printed on paper and that means absolutely nothing really you can throw it away and you know nothing's going to happen but I believe what's on this paper the words on this paper scripture could change your life forever I don't believe that I know it I've seen it I've watched it happen and as we pray as we close I want to pray that God would ignite something in your heart in your life in your family in your neighborhood over this next week as we journey through this reading plan it's, like I said, it's a few seconds. Take a few seconds, read God's word, and be willing to pray about what you read, all right? Hold that in your hand. Lord, I pray this morning over these cards. God, you see, God, what, what is possible as we read your word, as we allow your word to sink into our hearts and our minds, as we change our perspective of how we view ourselves and how you view us. God, I pray you would take this next week and this journey we take together through your word. And God, I pray that you would begin to transform our thoughts, our hearts, our perspectives, our intentions. God, that we see things as you do. God, as we take time to pray, even some of us, as we take time to memorize your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would stir in us, ignite something in us. God, that we don't just see uh, words on a page, but God, we see life coming and being nurtured in our lives and our hearts. God, use us to change the world around us in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. Thank you, God, for not giving up on us. Thank you, Lord, for not overlooking us. Thank you for not forsaking us, but for loving us where we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 